Welcome to The Depth. I'm your host, Carl Thomas. In this episode, we have Priya Patel, a humanitarian philanthropist who came on The Depth podcast to talk about her trip to Nepal. She shares the good, the bad, and she gives us an emotional moment in this episode that made her question certain things about her life. An amazing story from a fantastic person. Start the pod. Hi, my name is Lynn Worrell. I'm the founder of a community organization called Word, writing our rhymes down, and I am a youth worker at the Careful Jeunesse Emploi of NDG. Hi, my name is Carl Thomas. I'm a community worker for Prevention Codenege NDG, and welcome to The Dep. The Dep, a podcast about community service work in your neighborhood. Okay, sure. Um, so my name is uh, Priya Patel. I'm 28. My background is uh, child studies. I went to Concordia University and uh, I'm here today to talk about uh, my experience volunteering abroad. Excellent. Um, I have a couple of questions, of course. So the beginning of it, do you want to talk about how you got involved or do you want to go directly? So I I guess uh, I could maybe start off like uh, what made me want to volunteer. mm -hmm. So what made me want to volunteer was that um, it was always on my, on my bucket list. I always wanted to do it. Um, it was something like I wanted to get out of my comfort zone and be able to challenge myself. And I felt like at, at that time in my in my life, I wasn't really uh, where I wanted to be. I think uh, like mentally, I wasn't in a good place. Okay. I was dealing with a bit of depression and uh, and whatnot. And so I just felt like maybe a bit of an escape from Montreal would do me some some good. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, pretty much I just, I just looked into, uh, finding where I could travel abroad and, uh, luckily at Concordia, there was a program called ASEC. Mm-hmm. So I, I pretty much just looked into that program and saw the different projects they had. And, uh, like my, initially I wanted to go to Brazil or like somewhere in South America, but it just didn't work out. And then this a project caught my attention, and it was in uh, Kathmandu, Nepal. So, like, uh, Kathmandu, Nepal was a place that I never heard of. I, I never thought in, in a million years I would go somewhere like that. It was never mm-hmm. somewhere I wanted to go. So, I just, I feel like um, Nepal found me. First getting there, what was, like, the first thing that you felt? Um, so, the, the first thing that happened when I got there, I, I was just really nervous, because at that point, uh, it was it, there was still a bit of a mix-up of where I was going to stay. Mm-hmm. So I had a bit of an accommodation issue and... Uh, Already and from the beginning. From the beginning, yeah. So like, <laughs> First obstacle. Yeah, right yeah. and keep in mind, I'm traveling alone to yeah. like a foreign country. I don't know their language. I don't know anybody there. So mm-hmm. like I was super nervous. I mean, I, I got there and uh, I was supposed to stay with a, a host family. That's like a family from like the country you're staying at that keeps you in for like the time you're there. Yeah. And basically show you their culture. But... Uh, I ended up staying in a hostel, in a hostel that's, like, it wasn't in pretty much a bad condition, you know, like... reason why is is because the host family backed out last minute? Pretty much, yeah. Okay. So, it was... Okay. I was a bit upset. I mean, well, I could imagine. Yeah, because yeah. I'm in a new country, and, like, they put me in a, a cramped room that I could barely, I could barely, like, walk in, and, I mean, the bathroom's... Either they don't flush or oh, no, or there's like it was the ones where it's a hole on the floor, you know. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it's coming from Canada. You're not really used to that. So mm-hmm. so you had 
basically an adjustment period that you had to do and how did that go yeah it was a bit of a culture shock i guess um uh i, I guess it was it was it was hard and it was okay like uh like my background is indian so mm-hmm. i've been to india many times yeah. And the Nepal is north of the Indian border, so like there's some similarities there. Okay. So I, I guess like I kind of had an idea of what to expect, but just the fact that when I'm in India, my family's always with me, and when I'm in when I was in Nepal, I was alone. So yeah. just to have to deal with it alone, I, it was a bit hard. I felt like I felt like my first week or two that this was a mistake, and I just want to go back to Canada. But I, I mean, when I got to get to know the children, it just changed my mind. Okay, so the so the children is the is the thing that that stole your heart and that pushed you to yeah to actually stay yeah. So you want to talk about them a little bit? So the the children. So basically, I I was working with two groups of children, and it ended up being that the hostel I ended up staying at had like a a children's home at the bottom at the first floor. So it was basically like 15 girls there. And also there was uh, another place with around 80 kids. And the kids, they range from maybe five years old up until 17 years old. And the uh, majority of the children, they come from remote regions of uh, Nepal. Mm-hmm. So it's like regions where it's basically impossible to get there by, by car. You have to like uh, hop on a bus. And once you're off the bus, it's like a five hour hike. To, to their village and like Good. it's all like Himalayan region right so it's all mostly mountainous yeah and the villages I guess they, there's not much like there's lack of um, things available to them so maybe the education could be uh, minimal and even like uh, their their family background uh, some of the kids well most of the kids that well I mean all of the kids they come from poverty and some children uh, don't have parents. Some par- some of the parents are disabled. Uh, some of them suffer from alco- alcoholism. So yeah, so that was also a, like a, a reason why they had to be put into these children's home. Uh, a lot of times they call them orphanages. That's like the main word they'll use when uh, you you're traveling abroad in these third world countries. They'll use the word orphanages, but in reality, it's not really an orphanage. It's like uh, it's a the kids all have homes kids all have parents they use that word i think just to get people's attention and make people feel like okay these kids don't have uh, parents the stats is i think is that maybe like there's eight million children that are uh, in orphanages like till today like uh, in present day maybe like 80 percent of them have parents but it's like the families couldn't take care of them so they had no choice but to put them in these uh, homes just to be able to get like uh, a place to stay, yeah. uh, education, and food. So is that for for those kids? I don't know if I'm phrasing it right, but yeah. do they consider that to be like a better life, a better living situation? I feel like most of the children, when when I was there, they they'll keep calling the the orphanage a hostel. Okay. So, so in, they're looking okay. at yeah, wow. they're looking at it as if they're just here to get an education. They're they're staying here for the time being. I guess they don't want to. They don't want to feel like okay they're people that are from you know a poor family and they're here kind of not by choice and because i mean this is the living conditions there aren't really great like like for example they they live in cramped rooms and not in the in children's home uh they get to bathe like only once a week because in nepal it's getting a water supply is really low so just the opportunity to be able to take a bath every day is not like not there so they would only bathe on saturdays which was their days off and uh, they they get to eat twice a day 
and the meal was just like a plate full of rice with uh, lentil curry. So it's not much like uh, like being able to eat meat for them was a luxury. Like they couldn't get that either, you know, just okay. on an everyday basis. Yeah, it was really not like it, it wasn't available. There was, you know, issues with lice or bed bugs or even. The, You're saying they, they, there was issues. Yeah, okay, yeah. Wow. At, at these children's home. OK. Yeah. Did it get to you also? Yeah. So like when. OK. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to laugh, but it's just, it's, it's okay. I, I can laugh at it now, yeah. but, yeah, the first time I got lice, and, uh, and the second time I was in Nepal, because I went, I went twice, second time I ended up getting bed bugs, and I swear I couldn't sleep for three weeks, it was like a nightmare. What were the things that you were doing to be able to, to, to help them, because you mentioned food, you mentioned, yeah. you know, getting them certain things like but what was like your daily routine um yeah being there it's more like i, I guess coming from the first world country we're more like uh, in tune to have to like make sure everything is uh you know like perfect or like everything goes as planned and uh make sure that we're right on subject and whatnot but i feel like uh when you're there like in this just in terms of um the difference that they have in culture there it's like really more um it's more laid back so it's not really like uh strict in details like okay we have to do this get this done by a certain time it's more like it's not fast paced yeah like the, the i feel like uh, this in different places i've i visited there it's just it's more just like okay you get to choose what you want to do mm-hmm. uh, like with the children so uh while i was there obviously i was helping them with english just like you know teaching them things here and there with yeah. the english vocabulary and uh uh, helping them with their homework, and uh, at that time, there was also another volunteer from Spain. So we did like different activities with the children, like uh, drama activities, uh, art, sports, music. Yeah, so um, I guess like because uh, uh, there's one thing that uh, that happened during that trip that is something like uh, I feel like it's worth sharing. It's not all. It it wasn't always. It wasn't a positive thing, but I think it's maybe. Something that I, I'd like to share with, mm-hmm. with, with listeners, mm-hmm. uh, just because it's not something that I, I, uh, I have, it's not something that I've, I've told people, really. Maybe mm-hmm. only a few people in my life know, but nobody else really knows, so. So, uh, so yeah, so basically, I'm getting, <laughs> getting nervous again. Oh, no, it's fine. Yeah. It's, uh, take your time. Yeah, so, uh, um, one, one evening... Usually when I when I'm with the with the children, I always come back home at a certain time before the sunset, and just just out of safety, you know, because like I'm a woman, I'm traveling alone. I and there was one evening where it was the Nepali New Year, so because of that, I stayed back with the children because I sponsored their dinner for the evening. So I just wanted to uh, see them eat. Like I wanted to feed them while I was there. So I went I went a bit uh, late. So maybe around. It's not even that late though, like for us, but it was like eight p.m. Mm-hmm. And I was just, I was just walking home, and uh, I was walking alone. Usually, I I walk with uh, my other my friend that I made at the time, but she wasn't there at the time, so it was just me alone. And basically, uh, somebody was uh, started following me. I thought it was one of the children from the center, but it ended up being somebody else. And uh, basically, I got like somewhat assaulted. You know, I got. Uh, I got groped and I got bitten, bitten on the cheek. Yeah, and 
it didn't lead to the point where I, I got raped, but like luckily somebody was on the street walking towards towards oh, me okay. for that person to to back away. But it, it was something that like really affected me at that time, and like I guess like it, this happened like what two years ago. But I I'm not I, I I've never been really comfortable sharing the story, you know. So. Wow, thank thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Like, what was <laughs> that? Was it was it someone? Was it someone that that you, you guys knew? Was it someone? Yes, like the the fucked up part is, is that this person, like they were next door to the, the children's home, so it was just like a seventeen year old boy, and he was he was working uh, in, in the farms, like he was uh, like he was helping the farmers, and by that he was able to stay at their at their uh, home, and he was also like from a remote uh, village in Nepal, and. I guess that evening, like, uh, there's no reason why he did what he did. Like, th- there's no explanation. Of course not. But it was yeah. an, it was a Nepali New Year, so I guess people were drinking that evening. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it was somebody that I knew. I I knew like maybe he didn't realize that I knew who he was, but I knew who he was. Okay. I've seen him around on yeah. the on the road before. So, um, pretty I much being drunk is still not. Yeah, an it's excuse, not an excuse. Uh, yeah, for behavior. Yeah, yeah, it was it was an excuse that they had used to give to me wow. the people there yeah the f- and i was upset about that i was just like no it doesn't matter if you're drunk or not you still know what you're doing yeah. like you know yeah it's stupid but like luckily like i i i pretty much had help from the people that i was working with at the children's home mm-hmm. i i kind of not threatened them but i kind of told them like listen if you don't help me I'll, i'm gonna go to the, the canadian embassy because i thought maybe I wasn't going to get any help. Like I was alone there, right? And I wasn't sure what to do. And I was just thinking that uh, he has there has to be some kind of justice, right? I mean, like, I mean, like it didn't go that far, but just the fact that it happened, and I don't want it to happen. For sure, for the fact he was yeah. in the middle of the street, comfortable enough to go to someone that he doesn't know, yeah. and do that act or those acts. Yeah, that, that's pretty intense. Yeah, it's, it's I can't imagine crazy. at the moment how you felt. Yeah, and like, like my biggest concern was about the the girls that I work with, the younger girls, because if this guy's actually like the, the next door neighbor, what's gonna happen if one day one of the little girls at yeah. I, at, at the yeah. at the home they walk go for go for a walk and this guy yeah. grabs them? So Shit. I was really concerned that if he doesn't learn, he's gonna end up raping somebody one day. Mm-hmm. So luckily, I, I was just able to get help from the people at the at the center and. We were able to get the police involved. At first, the police were just... It was just like a typical Bollywood movie. I don't know if you know Bollywood. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, okay. I have, I have, I have some experience yeah. with Bollywood. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody loves Bollywood. Uh, uh, yeah, it was like a typical Bollywood scene where um, he, like, basically, they kind of uh, beat him in front of me. Yeah. They had him on his knees. They asked, oh, they, uh, they made him ask me for my forgiveness. And I was just like, what the fuck's going on? Like, this is yeah, not a Bollywood fucking scene. Like, I was just like, yo, what the fuck? This it's is a form of justice <laughs> that you're like, what? I was like, what? Like, this is really how it is? Like, like, oh my God, no. Like, this is not gonna, this is not acceptable. I'm like, this is just like a slap on his wrist, you know? Like, it's not, it's not enough. So I just told him, like, no, like, I, I want to go to the police. Like, I want to go file a report on this kid. Yeah. So basically, Luckily, I was able to go to the the police station. We we filed a report, and I was able to talk to the chief of police, and mm-hmm. I let him know, like, hey, listen, I don't feel too safe uh, in Nepal anymore. But I I think he got put away maybe for a month or two. Okay. And I I hope you learned this lesson. Like I don't really know, and and 
when the whole the whole process happened, I had my friend from Spain uh, along my side just because I felt like my background is Indian. I'm brown skin like them. I yeah. felt like a lot of times they won't take me seriously because I look just like them. You know, in South Asia, like rape is so high that mm. I, I think so many women go to the police and they don't really get and the justice happens. that they want. Yeah. yeah. So I felt like having a white person next to me, I know it's yeah. fucked up, but I felt like it kind of came through and I was able to at least talk to the police. And I don't know how to react with that. Like, but for the fact that, you know, your, your friend was, was a support system and yeah. understood. Did your friend understood, like, why... You wanted her, like why you wanted to bring her, because as a person like of quote for quote privilege, yeah, because of the color of her skin, um, you know she was able to, yeah, to be like the support that you needed for for your file to go yeah. through, right? I, I think she knew, yeah, because like just just being, her, I guess who she was, uh, you know, whenever we walked outside or were in in a crowd. Everybody would stare at her because she stood out, right? She yeah, was somebody yeah, that wasn't yeah. like looking like the rest of us. And uh, I, I think she knew that, and but she, I think she was also like a, a real great, great support system for me, you know. Like, yeah, yeah. Cause I had nobody there, so like I'm so thankful for her just to be there for yeah. by my side. And I mean, it's fucked up, you know. It happens every day there still, and uh, I, I, I think like women, women our age and women who are younger than us are trying to, you know, make a difference now and speak up about it. And mm-hmm. after that incident happened. I felt like okay, maybe I want to go back home. Like yeah, okay, yeah, oh yeah. yeah. I didn't even ask you how you felt. No, yeah, because like, oh. it was only three weeks into my trip, so it was really soon, and I still had like a month left. So I was like, should I go? Should I not go? But this, honestly, like, the kids they ended up finding out what happened to me, and they were really like uh, sympathetic towards me, and they showed me a lot of empathy, and like I just felt like, like, like I, I honestly like, like literally after a day or two after the incident i just went back to being happy because i was with those kids and like yeah. they were giving me so much love and like it was just so reciprocated that um i wanted to stay back you know like while i was there i ended up staying an extra month because i was wanting to be there an extra month wow yeah and like the longest i stayed away from them was a week mm-hmm. so just like uh yeah so then so basically i saw like you know like we did what we did and uh, i saw what they i saw their needs that they need they needed and uh, um, I I was helping them out with my with, through my own pockets, but like obviously I couldn't do as much as I as I wanted to, so I started a, a GoFundMe. Nice. And, yeah, and um, my goal was one one thousand, and uh, I raised up to like three thousand. So that's like, amazing. Yeah. So that's that's the first time. Right? That was the first time. Okay. Yeah. So it, okay. it, that was amazing. You know, like I, I felt like it was great, and I I got to, I got to help them out so much, like buying them clothes and uh, food and school supplies and you know, paying off of stuff, and the kids were so happy, too, and, and, yeah, so I, I, I ended my first trip to Nepal, like, feeling really good, you know, like, life-changing. This podcast is brought to you by Prevention Code de Neige NDG and the Tab Jeunesse NDG. Subscribe now to the Dep Podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or SoundCloud, and please, give us a five-star rating. Do you want to share a little bit about the second time that you went? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, yeah. like, uh, so the second time, so like I mean, right before the second time, uh, I'm back in Montreal, and uh, I have I have a job now. Uh, I'm working at a school for deaf children. It's called uh, Montreal School for the Oral Deaf, and I want to be a little bit independent. So I have my my own little apartment, and you know, I'm just uh, living the life, living the life, mm-hmm. being independent, working, da da da. 
but uh, I felt like my mind and body was in Montreal, but my my heart was in Nepal with the children. Wow, nice. I guess I guess it's a good thing, but like I felt like I felt time like maybe like uh, I wasn't sure of myself. Like maybe it was the wrong move because uh, you know like being at that age, like twenty seven, twenty eight, it's like uh, most people don't follow that path. You know, like I feel like I was taking over. I was like, I quit my job. I left my apartment. Like like no one really does that at that age where like okay they're gonna drop everything they have and just go back to a different country and like live there. And I just felt like, I felt like I, I kind of had to, like, uh, often give people explanations, like, have to explain to people, people to my, like, explain myself to people, like, as a, as why I want to go back. And, you know, some people were like, oh, well, what about your job? What about this? What about that? You know, like, how are you going to make money? And, you know, like, I, you know, it was, it was, uh, unfortunately, it was, we live in a world that, you know, you need yeah. money to do everything, right? So, yeah. So yeah, so I I pretty much uh, just I guess dropped what I had here and I I went back there and even just going back there it was a lot of anxiety and sleepless nights because I was just like oh my god like am I making the right decision is this gonna be is this gonna be a good idea like should I go back you know what if the incident that happened to me the first time being harassed will happen to me again yeah. So all that lingering in your mind. Yeah, all that yeah. lingering in my mind, you know, and uh that was it, but like this it's like the first time I I made that leap for it again and I did it. I I I went for it alone nice. again. Nice. And even though it was my second time being in Nepal, I still had to deal with, you know, issues just like they were, they weren't as crazy as the first time, but just like minor issues like I guess bed bugs again. 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 <laughs> well, I mean no, the it didn't happen the first time. The first time was slice. Second okay. time was bed oh, bugs. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. The okay. bed bugs. Yeah. Um, dealing with gastro for a week. Uh, um, yeah. Himalayan winter because like the winter, it's like all the way up in this. It's really high altitude. It's like mm-hmm. one of the. It's the second highest country in the world, actually. So you must be freezing. Yeah. So like oh, this, the, wow. you feel the altitude, altitudinous. You know, it's like uh, this the altitude, like the cold. Yeah. And and down there they don't have like like heat like we have central heat. They don't Damn. have hot how water. Do you, how do you? How did you keep warm? Oh my! It was painful. Like I had to sleep with like two jogging pants, two sweaters, a hat. Like two socks, Damn. two blankets. Like I remember waking up in the middle of the night, and my my legs would be in pain because it's so cold. Yeah. So it was it was a bit hard, and even that, like, because I was only getting like, like cold water, for example. I, me too. I would only like take a bath like once or twice a week, so I wasn't getting any hot water. Yeah. And I would like just go like jump into a hotel and like try finding hot. Like I'd be so thrilled that I'd get hot water, you know, and yeah. just appreciative of that. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So so go coming back. Um, how was how was the welcoming from the kids? Uh, so um, so the welcoming was like I felt like when they saw me, they were all a bit shy. And they, and, and they had a nickname <laughs> for you, right? You said yeah. she's, uh, Priya sister. Yeah, so they yeah. call me Priya sister or uh, or Didi. Didi. Didi means sister in okay. uh, Nepali. So that was my nickname, Priya sister. <laughs> Priya Didi. Yeah, always whenever anybody would. Uh, yeah, see me around. It's always Priya sister, Priya mm-hmm. sister, Priya sister, and yeah. So I, I guess in the beginning they were a bit shy uh, to be near me, but like yeah. I mean, over time, within a day or two, they warmed up to me, and it was back to normal. But I mean, this time uh, I saw like a huge difference. Uh, they all, you know, they all grew up. They're all more mature, and 
so this time uh, I, I decided to do like more classes with, with the females like with the girls mm-hmm. so we did two classes one was on uh, menstruation and the second one was on uh, sexual harassment okay so I, I feel I, I feel a bit re- relieved that I was able to um, do, these, do these kind of classes with them because uh, that's really amazing you know something that it's like yeah it's like also taboo there too to speak about that kind of stuff like yeah. for example like on menstruation uh, menstruation is really taboo there basically, basically um there's remote villages in nepal where a female uh, can't be can't enter the home on the week of her period what so she's like stuck in a little hut outside Are you f- yeah okay sorry for and my language there's been stories that's... where the, the the girls they like or women they pass away because maybe it was too cold there so they put fire like they lit up a little fire and then this the hut burned them or it's like or are they starving or something? Are you for real? Yeah, like in the remote regions. Yeah, it's crazy like that. So what? It's like a shame to be a woman. It's just like you're considered dirty that, at that period. Yeah, at that time of the month. Understanding the concept of what is a period, maybe yeah. like before. Oh my god! Yeah, and oh, just wow. even though that's not happening, like in the city, it's like uh, the girls. Like for example, the girls that I was working with. If if uh, they had their period, they can't pray for that week. They can't enter the kitchen. Why? Because it's a sin or something. Yeah, like they think they consider it dirty. It's it's not you're not clean. And so I, I yeah. was I was really trying to like make the make the girls see. Like I I also had help from other volunteers that go to, go to university there and they're in the public health program. They were like we were just trying to make them see. Like listen, like this is a taboo now. You know, this is something that was in the past and like today's present day. Uh, you shouldn't feel dirty to have your period. You shouldn't yeah. feel like you know it's not acceptable. Like mm-hmm. we have to kind of like uh, like conquer this um, like perception of what people think of period. You know, and like as 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 we do that, I think it'll change. Like even in my culture, like I come from the Hindu religion, it's just as, as similar as the Nepali culture. Uh, when we have our period, we can't go to the temple, so we can't we can't go pray or we can't go to any of the ceremonies happening in the temple. And I mean, everybody has to kind of, um, you have to kind of accept that that was the, the old way, like yeah. old traditions yeah. and old mindset. And this is a new mindset. Yeah, and we don't we have, have to keep the same, the same yeah. old mindset. I mean, I mean having your period is, is just like, it, it's a gift, you know, like you're giving life. It's a, it's a something that women go through every month because they're going to give life. Yeah. Like, you know, they have. It sucks, you know, it's painful. Because you're able to create. You're able to create life, which is something amazing and not something that you should be shamed, shameful about. Or maybe I'm quoting it wrong. Maybe there's, there's like, a ideology behind it that I have no idea. Like I said, I'm not a big fan of religion. I don't seek a lot of times to understand religion. I just, I just, you know try to take the best part of each religion and like assume that people follow a specific religion to be able to, to do good in the world. Yeah. So that's sure. my point of view, you know, as long as you're doing good, as long as you're acting properly and, and trying to do the best you can as a human being, that's, that's all that matters For to me, sure, no matter yeah. what religion that you follow. Yeah. So. And I think it's our, like our duty as the, the new generation to kind of, combat these old ideas you know for like, sure for like sure us who start the new yeah the new ideo- ideology like a thousand exactly. years ago like why would you think it still applies <laughs> especially now? hinduism because it's the mm-hmm. oldest religion mm-hmm. it's like dates like thousands and yeah. thousands thousands of years ago so that's like even even worse like yeah. you know 
those people that were riding, they didn't expect people to have cars, <laughs> people to be able, you know, the freedom. Like, I, I don't know, man. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, it is. It's just, ah, anyways. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, other than that, uh, um, that class, I also did a class on sexual harassment. So just like, just to, for, for the girls to be uh, okay to understand, like, you know, if something happens to you, it's, it's okay to tell somebody, you know, like, even in that culture, if a girl were to get harassed or raped, like, they might not want to tell anybody because it might put shame to their family. Yeah. But, I mean, like, wrong is wrong, you know? You have to get justice. So, like, uh, we just basically taught the girls what's what's a good touch, what's a bad touch. And, That's amazing. Uh, it was my first time sharing the story to the girls about what happened to me the first time yeah. in Nepal, like, back in 2017. Like, they, they, they all knew something happened to me, but... They didn't know the details. Yeah. Yeah. So I kind of just shared it because, like, two years ago when it happened, I came home, like, crying in my room. So they, I think they all heard me crying because they all live with me. So they all yeah. could hear me crying, you know, and I kind of basically opened up to opened up to them that day. It was, it was hard for me even doing that, but I did that and I shared my story. And, uh, yeah, so I just wanted them to know that it's okay to come up to us and let us know if anything happens and was not acceptable and and luckily uh towards the end of my stay one of the girls told me that uh somebody like uh, basically uh touched her in the, in the children's home and because that happened i was able to talk to the director and that boy is no longer there he went yes, back home to his family yes. so i was really like good I, job I, by yeah. you yeah <laughs> good job I, by I was, that little yeah, girl yeah nice and so i just hope that I, I I just hope that we could like you know set them set a good example to them and um you know make them be you know like strong mm-hmm. strong girls and yeah and uh, other than that um my my boyfriend came along to Nepal and he, he's been like a like I know a, that guy yeah <laughs> amazing guy <laughs> that guy's your friend <laughs> yeah. So he's been like supportive throughout my whole journey. I guess he he was cool with me going back the second time, and um, so yeah, he came along. Uh, I guess it was a bit a bit of a culture shock for him to be there as well, but I I, I think he got a bit more um, okay with it towards the the middle of the stay. I guess, and mm-hmm. we just took the kids on like uh, like like trips here and there, like uh, to places they'd never been, like. Wow. Because they never get to do that kind of stuff. Like, they never yeah. get to experience any kind of, you know, yeah. like, activity or enjoyment. You know, like, anywhere. They they, they haven't really, uh, like, brought in their horizons. Like, they're just pretty much, you know, in, in the home. Within or at, their country. Yeah, within is, their country. Which is yeah. insane, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, and um, that was also just, like, everything that I was doing there while I was there for the past, like, five months was just, out of my own expense, it's like you know, like uh, helping out medically, like uh, you know, like uh, medication or paying for their electric bill or mm-hmm. you know, getting them food or whatever they need. Like whenever they had like uh, problems, I would try helping out. But I mean, I couldn't do all that I could do, so I was a bit hesitant because I was like, "Oh, I did go fund me the first time. Like, are people gonna wanna support me again yeah, the second time?" Yeah, the second time. It's like I. Uh, I'm a bit of an anxious person, so I kept thinking, is it a good idea? Is it a good idea? And uh, so I ended up doing it, you know, for the kids. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I went to like them out. second time, yeah. Yeah, and, like, just the feedback was, like, remarkable. Like, I, 
I had so much people in Montreal, back home, you know, in Canada, and my family and friends, like, support me. How much How much did you raise? I raised, like, 5K this time. Sweet. Yeah, wow. and my, my goal was only 1,000. Yeah. So, like, yeah. it was just, amazing. It was amazing. I was just so, like, happy just to see how, like, everybody in Montreal wanted to help, you know? Like, whoever like, knew who I was or if they were friends or family, they all wanted to support me in some way or another, you know? And, like, mm-hmm. it was really... I was, I was, I'm so grateful for everyone to help me. Like, it's, it's really, um, it's really something, you know? Cause like, it just shows that what, what everybody, what everybody could do together. Like, basically, uh, everyone that supported helped the kids out in Nepal, you know? Like, uh, mm-hmm. they help, uh, like, um, at the end, they help with like the, the paying off, like, like a huge debt that the children's home had, like school fees and, uh, getting them clothes again and food and, school supplies and the list goes wow. on, you know, and yeah. it, it's a good thing, I guess. It's great to see what a community could do. Any plans on going back again? Yeah, so, yeah, so that's actually, like, the, the most common question I get from everyone, yeah, like, whenever sure, right? someone sees yeah. me, it's a thing <laughs> I get. And, yeah, like, um, like I I kind of want to, like, have a, like a life where I could be able to go back and forth to Nepal without an issue. Like, I just, I really wish that the, the kids are closer to me, like, they weren't, like, two two flights away, you know, it's, like, almost a 20-hour journey to get there. It's, oh, my God, yeah. I didn't even think about that concept, yeah. yeah. so, and, like, you know, the tickets are also expensive as yeah, well, so, like, sure. um, I, I wish they were closer, but they're not, so, like, I'm just, uh, I, I know I'll find a way to get to them, like, I always, it's funny, because I thought Nepal was going to be, be, like, a one-time trip, but it ended up being that I'm, it's something that I think I'm always going to, go back to because the children are there and I, I want to see them grow yeah so hopefully i'll continue uh like i, I um i'm doing something called the pre priest parcel so it's a bit of like a collection i have of things from nepal like uh hemp bags uh, uh, earrings bracelets purses uh, tapestries mm-hmm. and i basically sell it here in montreal like on my instagram page and at tam tams uh you know yeah. Mount Royal. yeah yeah and uh yeah so basically I, I wanted to make something where it's like sustainable or maybe if it, if it really works out like successfully like like you know uh continue going back and forth to nepal and like yeah. bring back stuff here to sell and maybe that that could be something for me that would work out but that's cool that's yeah. a great idea i like Let's i like see. that idea yeah nice anything else that you want to share before we wrap up uh I think I know, like we're limited in, in on oh, on no, the time, no, yeah. but like uh, honestly, yeah. I think I think I I pretty much said what I had to say. Yeah. Cool. So, any last words for for the listeners, for the people listening? Um. So my last words, I guess, would be that uh, often there's people who've told me like, oh, like what you're doing is so cool. I've always wanted to volunteer, but I never have the time to do it or you know it's, it's not the you know like it's not in it for me to do it or you know be, be able to do it alone or or you know i don't know but uh like i would say to them um just take that leap you know like even if you can't do it for like three months like i did or or whatever just you know you could always volunteer in montreal or like there's so many programs out there that you could volunteer for a week or two it doesn't have to be for a long time you know and just um i think when you do that leap like once you once you're able to do that on your own i think you could do it anytime like you could do it after that like you you feel it like you have the ability to do it like you're not going to be afraid to do it so just take that leap like just go for it it could be really uh, nerve-wracking 
but uh, it's worth it you know like the children they changed my life like completely I don't think I, I like uh, I saw my life going this way and like it changed like uh, like honestly for the better so yeah but thank you again for coming on the depth and to share your story thank you I appreciate and, uh, you having me talk soon yeah talk soon <laughs> <laughs> Here you go.